Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Young and Foolish podcast. Hola, los todos. Bienvenido a un nuevo episodio de Young and Foolish podcast. So today we're talking about traveling. That's why I spoke Spanish right there. We're being worldwide, you know, Mr. Worldwide, Mr. 305. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. All right. So uh, with traveling, obviously something that a lot of people are really valuing nowadays, I would say more than maybe, well, with the pandemic, it's a bit different, but I, I would say in recent times, I feel like people are valuing a lot and they're seeing it kind of as a, one of the best ways they could spend their money. And um, I think for young people, especially, it is something very uh, worthwhile. And in French, there's a saying, um, le voyage forme la jeunesse. Like traveling shapes the youth, basically. That's what it means. So I want to start off today by asking you guys, what do you think about that quote? Do, do, you, do you agree with it? And how do you think, um, you know, what do you think that means? I think it's straight facts. Absolutely. You know, I feel like I mean, right. the court almost implies that you kind of have to travel. I think you don't have to travel uh, for, for you to be shaped, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what that kind of entails, but it's definitely very enriching. But it kind of depends a lot, too, because personally for me, I've, I, I enjoy trips that are more like vacation. -y. You know, you go to the beach, you know, go to the resorts, you go to the hotels, you know, it's chill. You go to the amusement parks. I feel like that's a kind of different type of travel, right? But I feel like what we're trying to touch on now more is more like uh, journeying a little bit. Is that kind of what we're getting at here? Yeah. Like yeah. You go experience yeah. new cultures. You immerse yourself in these different places. You see just new things, yeah, meet definitely. new people. And you yeah. just get to experience a different way of life, I guess, kind of, you know? Just from yeah. These different yeah. places. And I feel like when you do that, it just, you know, you learn stuff about yourself in the process, you know? Um whether or not you're doing it with friends or family or whether you're alone, it's just, you know, it's very eye-opening. Mm -hmm. Being to yeah. all different places. Like personally for me, when I went on a trip to Spain, back when I was like 14 or 15 or something. No, I think it was 16. Uh, man, what that was, that was a life-changing experience, honestly, you know. It really was. Yeah. I mean, a lot of that also had to do with the fact that I decided to leave my phone at home. So mm. anytime that I would be... Uh, just chilling at the host house because it was like a school thing. So there's a host family. What are they called again? A sponsor, I guess. Is that what they called? Yeah. Something like that, right? So anytime I'd be there, instead of just chilling on my phone, going through the regular Instagram, it was very different from my regular life because all I could do is really just read. Just read books, basically. And um, yeah, just reading reading books, immersing myself in that new culture, seeing the world in a different perspective. Just it's crazy. Eye-opening. Completely yeah. agree with the quote you mentioned earlier. For sure, shaped my yeah. youth quite a bit. Yeah. Now, what do you think, Ray? Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with Lorenzo. It really depends on what type of traveling you do, because you could travel just for vacation, you know, with the intention of like finding yourself, like having fun, you know, something exciting, something new. Um, or you could be, you know, on a on a little like. I guess, self-journey to, I guess, discover and learn a little bit more about yourself and about other cultures, you know, um, I guess just growing, you know, with the world um, as you journey through, you know, different places. And I think it's, it's one of, I think it's one of, 
because it's such a big, you know, topic nowadays, it's, you know, it's a lot of people talk about it. And I, I definitely agree, um, especially with the code as well. You don't have to grow necessarily. Um, like you don't have to travel to grow, but yeah. I feel like it, it really adds on like a different perspective. You know, it's, it's a different type of growth, I'd say. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's a really yeah. unique experience. You can't really get it yeah. anyway. Like there's no other way to get that type of experience that you get from traveling around the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just eye opening is the best way I can describe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely definitely agree with that eye-opening kind of statement. And mm-hmm. with Ray, I think you're right. Like, um, there are different kinds of traveling, and when you travel, you don't have to be looking for growth and that kind of um, taking that kind of a trip. You could just look to have fun and make great memories that way. You know, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, sometimes it's a great way for people to really just let loose and uh, take a break from their regular lives. But also, um, when you do travel for that kind of purpose and just to see new cultures, to gain new perspective, you do grow in a different way, uh, like you're saying. And uh, in terms of relating it to the quote, I think um, maybe maybe you feel like it's saying that you have to travel to grow. And I don't feel like it directly kind of implies that. I think it just says that if you do travel, it, it will really, it will really shape kind of how you are. And that experience itself is really uh, valuable in that sense. And I really think that, um, what, what kind of value it brings, um, specifically is that it really takes you out of your regular routine. You know, the whole, whole environment is completely different, right? Maybe they speak a different language, uh, just the way things look, you know, uh, in North America, things are usually pretty new. Um, they're pretty, uh, much built in a particular way. Whereas in other parts of the world, you see uh, lots of older buildings, you see a lot of different architecture. So even just that will give you a completely different feeling, a different vibe. And just being in that kind of environment, you know, you feel differently, you kind of start to look at things differently. And when you actually get exposed to different cultures, and meet people and talk to them and see kind of how they live and how they think. I feel like that really kind of opens your eyes, like mm-hmm. uh, like Lorenzo has been saying. Um, so, yeah, um, I think it's a great quote. That's why I wanted to start off by us kind of talking about that. And I think it's a good way to get things going. Um, I've also been on some of, uh, some of uh, trips similar to Lorenzo's, but... Um, before you know, I kind of get into that, maybe Lorenzo can talk a little bit more about specifically uh, how his experience and what he did and kind of the kind of different, specific differences that he saw in that experience. Man, the differences. Okay, I didn't get to interact with the uh, locals all too much. Is a big part of it, we kind of stayed in like the group because basically what it was is uh, you had the, I guess, the travel agency, not a travel agency, but there was a, a company that I guess organized these trips and they got students from all over the lower mainland, which is our kind of general area where I live here in BC. Um, and beyond that, once we got to like the sponsor houses, you would have, you'd be paired up with like two other kids or three other kids or something like that. Um, okay. I'm pretty sure they'd all be from the same school as you. So... I already knew, like, for example, I went with this um, gentleman called Justin. Justin. It was Justin and Wesley. 
right? And we both, we all came from Semiamu, so that was very familiar. Yeah. Uh, the family, the hostess was super nice, and obviously, I already speak fluent Spanish, so um, for me, it was really easy to just get along with them. They were just super nice, really caring, very, very generous. But uh, as a sponsor family, I don't know how indicative that is of like just the general population there, obviously. You know, if you're going to yeah. be hosting foreign students, probably pretty nice person, you know. <laughs> um, but just in general and just the way like it was a crazy experience because we got to stay in a part of the city in Cadiz uh, that was like a lot older, basically, like super okay. old. Yeah. So yeah. you can tell by just the way the roads are laid out, like a lot of these roads weren't made with cars in mind. You don't see that here. You know, every single place you go through the residential areas uh, commercial areas, industrial areas, everywhere you go, it's the same old roads, but over there, you got the super narrow roads. Everything's just, I don't know. It feels, it felt a lot friendlier to me walking around the streets than it did here. Um, uh, one thing that I also really enjoy about traveling is just experiencing different climates and different weathers and whatnot. Mm, yeah. Um, I live here in BC, very temperate, you know, uh, it's in Canada, but like I said, very temperate, it never gets too cold never gets too warm. I mostly have to worry about like covering up so you don't get too chilly or yeah. putting on some sunblocks so you don't get sunburned. But it's never like, it never gets to the point where you're concerned that, oh, this might be dangerous for me. At least that, you know, somebody my age, my fitness level, it's never that concerning. But then you go to other places like I've been to Montreal before and it's like, and now you have to plan before you go outside if it's snowing outside, you know, it's, yeah. it's actually pretty dangerous if you don't. Or in Spain, for example, the temperature just got up to like 40 degrees Celsius. It was madness. I couldn't believe it. I didn't realize cities got that hot. How do people live there year round? It's insane. Um, yeah. I don't know how warm it is year round. Obviously, I, I sure hope it's not I, I'm 40 degrees year round. That'd be insane. No, there's no um, way it is. <laughs> yes, no, it's not. It's not. But regardless, I was like, I was doing okay. You know, I could still rock sweatpants if I really wanted to for a little bit, you know. But uh, a lot of the other people there who, I guess, were only ever knew a more temperate climate, right? Because I come from Colombia and it's a little bit more warmer, a little bit more humid there than it is here. So for me, it was okay. bearable. Man, some of the other kids on that trip, they practically died, man. The, the, the boy I was staying with Wesley, right? Yeah. He literally had to stay home multiple times because the heat stroke was just, it was too insane for him. He couldn't do it. <laughs> or um, the lady who organized the trip. I think she was European. I don't think she was Spanish, but she was very familiar with the area. You know, she'd been yep. there a lot, a lot of times. And at one point, she's like, you guys can't come outside today if you guys aren't wearing a hat. If you guys aren't wearing a hat, you guys can't come outside today. I didn't wear a hat from what I remember, and nothing was said to me. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I just I really enjoyed just that whole experience of dealing with that. Um, the area, like I mentioned, the old city there, beautiful. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know, just Spain, it felt it felt weird because it felt European in a way, but it also felt kind of homey too because it just, you know, there's just aspects that just remind me of like Colombia and whatnot, you know, them both just being Spanish-speaking countries, right? Yeah. So And obviously the colony. Yeah, you know. exactly, exactly. Yeah. That whole history there. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and then the food, oh man, that food was so good. Uh, my only complaint, it was kind of a funny story. We really wanted milkshakes. We really wanted milkshakes. <laughs> so we walk into a Burger King there 
And I couldn't remember how to, how, how to say milkshakes, but we go up to the front. We're asking for milkshakes, and they're looking at us like, what? What are these guys talking? You guys want a smoothie? They didn't have milkshakes. They didn't have milkshakes. Can you guys believe it? That's like the best part of Burger King, dude. Those Burger King, the, the Burger King smoothies, dude. Oh my gosh. I you was made so milkshakes? Yeah, milkshakes. Mi- yeah. yeah. <laughs> God damn it. I'm doing it again. I'll never learn. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, beyond that, I also got a chance to go to Morocco as well because uh, Cadiz is on the south of Spain, and we took a day trip over to Morocco. It, you can take like a ferry ride across the Gibraltar Strait there, which yeah. is pretty lit. I had no idea you could do that, but we go there, and oh my gosh, the stories I have from that—the stories <laughs> I have from that one Morocco trip—and um, just seeing how different the culture was, one ferry ride away. And it's a completely different world, completely different. You know, you don't really see that here, uh, at least where I live, you know, like here you go down south of the border and you you pick up on some differences, but it's not like a culture shock. You know, when you go to the States or anything, you're not like, oh, definitely not. Especially because the Pacific Northwest kind of has its own vibe anyways. It does. So it's even more similar than like other parts crossing the border, Mm -hmm. I would say. Exactly. Exactly. But nope, you take a ferry ride. You, I, you wouldn't even guess they're anywhere near each other at all, dude. Yeah. At all. So, yeah. So, that was really opening as well, just seeing how, uh, just like the Muslim world is at all, because I've never been anywhere near like, like yeah. that at all. Yeah. The Spanish-speaking world over in Spain, I felt pretty comfortable. Over there, I was like, whoa, this is, a diff- this is completely alien to me. I've never seen anything <laughs> like this. I've never yeah. experienced anything like this. Uh, haggling for prices at a, at a shop. Oh no, I don't even want to talk about it right now. I was terrible. That was terrible. I've never had to do anything like that. Uh, manga oh. played. I got played so hard. Maybe I'll talk about it later. But he God, was not ready. Damn, I was not ready. Dude. They told us the lady who organized the trip, uh, the hat lady. She made it a point on the way, like, okay, you guys have to start haggling at like below fifty percent of what it is that you want to pay. Or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It all went out the window when I was on the spot, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! But uh, yeah, maybe I'll elaborate on that later. But yeah. Holy um, moly! What about you, Ray? <laughs> you got any travel experiences? Um, I mean, it's mainly just going back to China, like every uh, so often. Oh, okay. Like, I guess across Canada. Um. Don't think I've ever been anywhere else other than the two countries, but yeah. And then when, when yeah. you go to China, are you just there visiting family, basically? Yeah, um, basically they're visiting family. Um, you know, like uh, there's like twenty, like twenty other, you know, relatives and stuff. Um, especially from BC too. So like we all go. Um, as like a pack wow. of wolves, wow. I guess. It's a gang. <laughs> yeah. It's a clan. And, uh, yes, sir. Uh, um, yeah, like we just we just travel around, you know, look at uh, different parts of China, you know, uh, yeah. the more uh, oh, countryside too. And, you know, yeah, yeah like it's, it's a very different environment, you know, and, yeah. and you, you kind of have to... Um, you adjust yourself, you know, after a while you get used to adjusting yourself and like, I guess how you behave, um, around other people, you know, and like the community is different. The laws are different, you know, like everything's different. So yeah, China the is weather completely too. just, 
Mm-hmm. It's very China's different. Wild. Very yeah. different in here. And, you know, yeah, one yeah, nice man. thing about China is like it's so big with so many like uh, different areas and so many big developed cities. And uh, mm-hmm. the travel, the commute between them is actually very convenient. So when you mm-hmm. go, you could really actually see a lot of different places. And, and these places are actually uh, quite different from each other. So I think, yeah, I'm sure your experiences with that has been really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Just like different, like, I guess, cultural differences within, you know, the country and like within all these like large city, like cities, like you said, you know, it's. I don't know. It's it's pretty interesting how much a different like, and like the language especially. It, it, there's a huge difference. The accents from different cities, different regions. Oh my yeah. gosh, it's crazy. <laughs> it took me like two weeks. You know, like we were staying at this certain place, like this like really countryside place. Yeah. It took me like two weeks in order to actually like comprehend and start understanding. Um, like what they're saying like more fluently because it takes me so long to adjust um because i'm not used to that so it's it yeah it's pretty interesting yeah yeah uh what about you george oh well you know i haven't been uh, in china since 2009 um but i have done quite a bit of traveling um you know i actually went on a very similar trip uh as lorenzo's I think two years after his trip, I went on a trip organized by the same uh, company because they like to work with our school and other schools in the lower mainland area. So I took the trip and I went to France. And a lot of what he was saying about his trip actually reminded me of being in Nice, which is a city in the south of France. And um, and just being there, um, seeing kind of the old city there and how uh, unique that is compared to what I have seen before, even compared to like, cause we started the trip in like Paris. We were there for a few days um, and we were just kind of visiting different places. We went to like, obviously the, the monuments, like the Eiffel tower, like uh, Le Louvre. We went in, uh, you know, just to see everything in the museum and um but compared to like the city in um you know paris the city nice especially the old city is incredibly different um and that kind of really reminds me of what lorenzo was talking about with the narrow streets like if you think streets in paris are narrow and all that you haven't seen like actual like old city uh in nice or even other um, places like that like it's different it's very different you really get like um a different vibe. And I think I really enjoy that. Um, and I definitely really appreciate it and open my eyes to, to be able to see that, Hey, um, life was completely different over here. And, and even nowadays, some people still live in this area and I couldn't imagine how different their life is just, you know, living here day to day compared to where I live in Vancouver and, and just kind of seeing that. And that trip was also very special in the sense of like we visited a lot of World War One and World War Two. Um, well, not just monuments, but also just places where it took place as historical sites. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you could see kind of the, how the how the fields are still deformed because of all the, um, you know, all the artillery, artillery, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you could see, uh, bullets in the, in the walls, you could see, uh, um, just shells still. 
um, and a lot of that, you know, visiting, um, uh, you know, Normandy and just have that whole experience, especially, um, you know, for Canadians, the history there of Canadian troops being actually involved in these battles was uh, very special for me to kind of witness firsthand and and that kind of feeling and that kind of um, experience you never really forget. And it kind of, if you're actually there being present in the moment and listening to kind of um, them talk about what had happened and how th things, um, you know, uh, became the way it is now, um, it, you really, you really kind of a deeper appreciation, understanding of kind of how things um not just how things went down, but why they are the way um, they are now also. Mm -hmm. And also um, that was my first time in Europe and just that was very different. Um, like one, there's so many things I noticed, but one thing I noticed, there's a lot more people that smoke. Just mm -hmm. a lot, a lot more. Uh, probably not something that um, I like, but uh <laughs> Yeah, just very, very interesting to see. Um, in China, obviously, when I was living there way back, I definitely remember a lot of people smoking. Maybe it has changed now. I don't know. Probably haven't changed that much. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so basically all these years of living in Canada, I was just not um, used to it, kind of growing a little bit uh, intolerant to it and was very sensitive to it. So it took a little bit, probably a few days to adjust to kind of uh, experiencing that somewhat regularly, just you know, walking on the streets and seeing that. So what were you going to say, Lorenzo? I, I saw you. I mean, yeah, that's, that's something that reminds me a lot of my experiences uh, when I immigrated here from Colombia. Because in Colombia, man, the air quality in Medellin, holy moly, my guy, because Medellin is kind of like in a valley. So that just makes everything worse air quality wise. And I remember I hate walking down the streets, man, because it was either like the, the buses would drive by and I'd see like the fumes coming off of it or just people smoking. A lot of it too was probably just that uh, my grandma was a super heavy smoker back in the day. Oh, okay. And even when I was a young kid, even my dad smoked. It was just like a more normal thing down there. It was, you know. Yeah, even my common, dad smoked. You come here. Yeah. You, co yeah, like you, you come, come here, here you quit. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, no, he I, we, he quit before we came here. But okay. when you come here, like seeing a smoker, yeah. kind of judge him a little bit. You know what I mean? A little bit. A right? little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Like you, you're not like, oh, he's smoking. But yeah, it's more like it's not like yeah. it's not a very pleasant thing. You know, yeah. you see somebody smoking and you you don't. It's not. Some, it's something a little bit out of the ordinary. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. you notice it. it you notice feel it. right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know uh, what I mean? But in yeah. Colombia, man, people just, it's whatever, man, it's completely normal. I have. 100% yeah. normal. At least from what I remember, you know. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Again, things have probably changed. Hopefully they've changed. Probably not that much, to be uh, honest. Yeah, probably <laughs> not. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. I mean, it changed yeah. here because back in, back in my day, smoking was very prevalent here. Okay. No, but that's way back. You're talking about like half a century ago. Well... <laughs> Half a century ago, nah, dude. Half a century ago is that. That's when I was like at its peak. But I mean, like, I mean, when did? When well, did no, it peaked like before really that. Down in the tobacco. They oh, peaked I mean, before okay. that. Come on. You think it peaked before that? Yeah. I, think, I mean, dude. I, I was say... smoking pretty heavily up until like smoking was a lot more common, even up until like the eighties and nineties. I think, right? I would imagine. I don't know about I'd the nineties. That's probably Absolutely. more. 
I mean, I don't know. Huh. I'd have like, to look I at the like numbers. Yeah. No, but I would say a peak yeah. in like the 50s and 60s. That's how. That's what I would say. I mean, in the 50s and 60s, that's when like the science coming out then was just terrible. You know, and I mean, also the advertisement during that time was just so uh, prevalent. Like, you know, like they yeah, were just trying to get that to everyone. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. But then I think later on, you probably. I think it was a slower transition. So, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. like by the 80s and 90s and whatnot, like it, it was still probably a lot more prevalent than then, anything we're used yeah, to. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, yeah. that definitely, Absolutely, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, nowadays with vaping, like how many new smokers are you going to start getting versus like vapors, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah. and with all the science that's out there, the turnover from people who, you know, smoke into vaping, that's going to keep eating away at it. No doubt about it, right? Yep. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, smoking, it's not a thing of the past here, but it's, you know, it's kind of... Yeah. It's kind of changed. Yeah, I don't know. It's changed a lot. Yeah, It's actually, it's actually very interesting to look at because if you look at uh, the entire world, just from my experience and also what I hear from other people and just kind of looking at, uh-huh. it up online, uh, it seems mm-hmm. like just about everywhere, there are a lot of smokers other than like um, the major English speaking countries, uh, especially mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, here, like New Zealand, like Australia, like uh, the Nordic countries. Like, I feel like, I don't know. I don't know why that uh, that exists, <laughs> why that difference is uh, so, so, you know, obvious. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's mainly just, culture you know and like how like um in like their history they were influenced to smoking you know and like how that's changed them i feel like i don't know um that is pretty interesting question george like and it's kind of weird how it's going into a direction where instead of i guess um I guess stopping it or, you know, in like North America, instead of really like stopping or like trying to stop people from smoking, we've changed towards a healthier way. Like, we, like it's, it's kind of hard to say of like smoking, you know, like nicotine, like, like vaping, you know? I mean, uh, the government it's, did put in a lot of work with a lot of stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously yeah. vaping is a, a whole different industry. So they got their whole mm-hmm. agenda and whatnot, but, um, with like, for example, like in a lot of these places where, where smoking is a lot more prevalent, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but they don't have the things where like you have to put a picture of like a uh, smoker's yeah. lungs or whatever on the package or whatever. Yeah, it's more acceptable yeah. or to smoke. Don't, mm-hmm. don't you have to pay like a tax or something, like a special tax yeah. on yeah. cigarettes yeah. or something? So it's just more expensive yeah. to be a smoker here. Yeah. Um, I think in the States they're banning menthol cigarettes uh, or something or in some part of the States. Which mm-hmm. is like a big draw because apparently the menthol not only does it just have a different sensation. I've never tried them, but apparently the menthol makes nicotine more addictive because it uh, mm-hmm. lets you, I guess, absorb the nicotine yeah. faster. So they're getting rid of that or something like that, or they're trying to. Uh, so rest in peace, any New Quartz fans, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, just things like that. Like I don't know if that's happening in a lot of these other places. Government's really putting in the work. Yeah, here. I mean, I think it's a 
Yeah. I was going to say that like definitely the government has a lot to do with it, but I feel like Mm -hmm. these kind of movements really started uh, as a shift in the culture of it. And I feel like people in North America, especially they take it definitely felt like the decline started more of because um, people are more aware of the negative health, uh, you know, those consequences of it. And Mm -hmm. it's, I feel like it started more of that. And then, uh, governments um kind of agreed and bought into it whereas that kind of cultural uh, shift never really occurred where at least not nearly to the same degree in other countries like i was in italy just a couple years ago and honestly um i in the streets in the in the in the uh relatively smaller city that i was in i saw like uh teenagers um like like literally you know 13 14 years old and they're they're smoking on the streets like it same i saw it in spanish yeah world. like you know mm-hmm. like the the culture is just so different um i if the government were to just start doing it like that i feel like it would come with a lot of negative um you know feedback mm-hmm. from the from the public you know so i feel like that That's you true. need to have a certain level of cultural um uh, backing sensitivity yeah you know they need to oh, yeah they need to really kind of back the idea they need to buy into it enough for the government to be able to actually do something like that yeah. and then that's how you know mm-hmm. you kind of get a bigger decline that's kind of how i see it you know but obviously it's more complex yeah. than that oh yeah. very much so yeah yeah i don't know yeah i i think the market has a lot to do with it you know um just the amount of money that cigarettes bring in and you know like a lot of other countries you know produce cigarettes i feel like it's a really big you know part of their income oh I guess. yeah yeah, yeah economy indonesia yeah Woo. so like i <laughs> my god <laughs> yeah man so like i think that's that's also another big part you know um getting into like economics and you know business and all that yeah but yeah. yeah, I mean, I big know. tobacco, man. Their mm-hmm. their lobbying back in the day was pretty wild, man. Yeah, man. Because mm-hmm. I mean, for the longest time, it was being advertised as good for your health. Right? Fake studies, man. Yeah, fake Insane. studies. The they were doing crazy, everything. crazy, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Pretty insane. See, but that's the thing that also makes me think the government has like a big part to do with it because, I mean, people in these other countries they, they know about the same studies that we do. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But, I, you know, I feel like something like the, because really the thing with smoking is if you're not a smoker by the time you're 30 or whatever, if they don't get you while you're young, then the chances that you become a serious smoker decreases pretty drastically. The majority of lifelong and like heavy, heavy smokers, they start off when they're young, right? When they're super impressionable, right? Yeah. So, you know, I feel if the government, like we said, the kids that were smoking at like 14, 15, what are the chances that they're going to stop? You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, they don't have a, they don't really have any external pressure to get them to stop. Right. Yeah. The only thing that could get them to stop is really in those situations. It's just basically their own concern for their own health. So that's mm-hmm. where I think like putting like those really graphic images on like parts of cigarettes and whatnot. And like really trying to get that information about these studies out to the public and, you know, just as a government figure, just kind of like promoting it. Yeah. Being like, hey guys, maybe don't smoke. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like that plays a big part in it. Cause if you can keep the cigarettes out of the, uh, away from the children and, uh, yeah, I think that all, that's a big, huge thing. effect. Cause I mean, mm-hmm. growing up, like growing up here in Canada, when I was in elementary school, when I was in high school, smoking wasn't cool. Smoking, smoking cigarettes wasn't, it was kind of, it was frowned upon. Definitely, basically, definitely right? frowned upon. Mm-hmm. You know, when vaping hit, yeah. people was all oh, vaping different. Vaping was brand new when we were in school. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. But um, I feel like you really, it's really a problem with like children, basically, and like teens. Yeah. I, th- I think that's where it starts. Yeah, I mean. Because once you get hooked on that stuff, at that, that age, with your brain not being fully developed, and you, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you're basically setting yourself yeah, and, up for a lifelong addiction. Yeah, and uh, you're right. And yeah. um, this kind of bringing, the, bringing it back to kind of uh, our topic of traveling, like these are kind of things that you notice, these differences of people mm-hmm. smoking a lot, of, a lot more, where uh, you see even children like smoking like that, and you see the cultural kind of acceptance, uh, the, the cultural norm. Uh, for people to smoke and you see the different ways that government react to it and different um, ways the industry work, uh, you know? So mm-hmm. like we either talking about uh, the packaging, we're talking about the taxes. So all these different factors, like when you travel, you notice these things, then you, it makes you think mm-hmm. about these things and you question why uh, things are different between these countries like that. And sometimes you kind of really appreciate um, that, you know, when I come back here, I really appreciate that people aren't uh, always just smoking all the time, you know. Um, when you go out in the mm-hmm. public places, you don't uh, always just end up uh, smelling the smoke uh, by chance. You know, you don't get that secondhand smoke very often. And, yeah, yeah. you know. Okay. Very occasional. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, like, leading it back to traveling, I think traveling is really important. Um it's not like it's not a need, you know, like if you want to travel, that's good on you. But um I think it's a very important and it's a very it's a very good way to trick yourself into learning, mm. into wanting yeah. to learn, into um wanting to experience all these things and like figuring out how how everything works, you know, with like different cultures, people, countries, you know, places. It just um it makes it a lot more intriguing you know like it it really helps you develop as a person it helps you develop your mindset towards a lot of things too which is also very important especially when you're younger you know that's when that's when like depending on how your mindset is you know it could set you up for life or you know it could be detrimental Mm -hmm. over time yeah so i think traveling is a very important um way to shape yourself i guess yeah yeah definitely especially yeah. about kind of uh tricking yeah. yourself to l- learn new things like when you go to different mm-hmm. countries uh, where in where you know they don't speak the same language as you if you want to be doing anything you kind of need to be uh you know trying at least trying to speak their language and you know mm-hmm. that's that's how you could get anything done right uh or you could just you mm-hmm. know rely on someone who uh, actually speak the language, but that's not very mm-hmm. convenient. You're not always going to have the opportunity. And also you're really robbing mm-hmm. yourself the opportunity to learn. So yeah. I think for a lot of people... That depends a lot on how much time you're going to be traveling for though, you know? If you're only going to mm-hmm. be in the country for like two weeks or something like that... You could make huge improvements then, in two weeks. If, no, if you, you definitely uh, could. You yeah. could. are actively trying, you know? Yeah. Absolutely, but you need mm-hmm. to prepare for sure beforehand. You'd have to, like, for example, yeah. planning the trip to Portugal, yeah. 
you know, like um, for us, because we don't mind. I, I was quite interested in learning Portuguese for the trip, yeah. right? So I didn't mind cracking open a book. But I'd imagine somebody else who's more busy maybe works like a, a full-time job or something like that. I could definitely see how they, it would be a lot harder to justify learning the language and maybe just relying on a translator. Mm-hmm. But um, I definitely, I think it's definitely worth it if you have the opportunity to try to immerse yourself mm-hmm. in the culture as much as possible. I mean, even in that scenario, yeah. I think yeah. uh, when you're there in the country and you have everyone around you speaking the local language, I think you'll still pick up many words and you still have a better appreciation oh, for yeah. the sound. And, and uh, yeah. so like, you'll mm-hmm. still learn something just about the culture and the language just by being there and just kind of... Uh, Living your yeah. life there for a little bit. So like, even if you're not actively trying to, you still get these more subconscious, um, uh, consumption and intake of, uh, these, these things. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I was gonna, oh yeah. I was also gonna say that, um, it really kind of opens up your perspective in other ways as well, just because, um, like we talk about smoking, but there are other behaviors out there that are also oh, also so just so different. Mm-hmm. Like we've talked about China, talked about Europe, and talked about here. So one example I think really uh, would um, kind of relate to all of them is like protesting. You know, like in China, you're not gonna get protests. Like, nah, that's not that's not gonna go well. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that, that's not like, gonna it's just go. not gonna happen. No uh, like over here, Good luck, yeah, yeah. Like over here, we get we get protests. Like, uh, and it's actually somewhat frequent, um, and all that. Yeah, we get protests about everything. Even if it's not a Canadian issue, we get protests over. Yeah, there. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. Is, and uh, then, I mean, it raises awareness. Yeah. But uh, the if it, I don't know exactly what it accomplishes a lot of the times, yeah. but. And, you know, I mean, it does raise like, like I've been in uh, France and Italy and uh, I, I don't understand their culture, you know, a decent bit. And honestly, they love to protest they, they, all the time. Very oh, regular yeah, French, like French, mm-hmm. Italians, <laughs> like, like they, they just do it. Like it's such a big part of their culture. Uh, you know, they want something. They want to have a change. They don't, they, if they're upset by something, they'll just do it. You know, maybe they'll get it. Maybe they won't. Mm-hmm. But it's just something that they do. It's a very normal occurrence. Mm-hmm. It's very um, frequent, even more like a lot more frequent than here. So you just see this huge mm-hmm. difference in this one kind of thing across these cultures. And it's very interesting to think about like um, why that is. Right. And you and it kind of leads you to learn more about the culture, more about the history and more about how the governments in these countries work as well. So it's just these little things that you notice that makes you kind of, um, you know, it makes you more curious. And that is other trick to get you learning. And that's all just because you were there mm-hmm. and you saw it, you know. So um, part of traveling and shaping and it shaping you is these kind of small things that leads to you being tricked into learning more and diving deeper into these things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's very interesting that I they mean, do protest yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's... Yeah, continue, yeah. right? Oh no! I was just gonna say, um, yeah, like it, it's it's kind of pretty. It, it's pretty sick, like how how much of a difference you know it is when like realizing like all these different cultures and like 
um there's so many influences too like you know by their government by the communities you know um by their environment as well like it's it's definitely something to take in and something definitely to look into it, like when traveling you know or yeah. wanting to travel yeah, yeah what think, were you saying uh, i think Rental? the term culture shock maybe summarizes mm-hmm. it pretty well you know because mm-hmm. when you travel you you start to appreciate things from your own culture and you start to mm-hmm. appreciate things from this new culture and if you didn't have that experience like I, it's one of those things that it's very difficult to get otherwise you know you might read about it in like a book or something you might hear about it from a youtube video or something but you're not really going to internalize it the same way as, uh, as if you're there experiencing the mm-hmm. culture yourself you know and seeing mm-hmm. it and that's when you start to really compare think like oh you know what I didn't realize, but I really took the air quality we have here in Canada for granted, yeah, you know, yeah. with all the smoking or for protests, you know, for example, when you go to China, you're like, oh, I didn't realize that, like, that's not something everybody yeah. has a chance to do. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, if you go to like poor countries, you might realize that like, oh, my goodness, like the, the education that everybody's afforded here in Canada is like, wow, that is some top quality stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's not perfect by any means, but, you know. You start to appreciate those things more and then you start to realize like, wow, there's a lot of stuff here in Canada that I don't, I don't miss yeah. with, but there's a lot of stuff that you really start to think and like, wow, you just, just makes you appreciate everything. Yeah. And uh, just to bounce off mm-hmm. of what you're saying, like definitely, yes, like, uh, having these different experiences really can make you appreciate the situation that you're in, in your country, in your particular city. Um, and all that definitely, mm-hmm. but also, um, they really shows you other ways of living that you just never even thought about or could think of, mm-hmm. uh, just because you, you never, you know, you're kind of stuck in your own little bubble, uh, having never seen that or heard about it. Um, and just kind of witness these different ways of living and you get very accustomed to the way you live. And yeah, one thing that could come mm-hmm. out of that is taking the things you have for granted. But other thing is, is like, um, you don't quite realize there are other things or other ways that things could be done that might suit you even more and could actually increase the quality of your life. So uh, one thing we talk about, and I, I think we should probably talk more about this on a different day, just diving into it, but like having walkable cities, having, having these, uh, places mm-hmm. designed for people and for communities rather than cars and have, have that kind of thing. All right. So, uh, when, when you're constantly in this environment, have roads, I'll be the same, like you're talking about, you don't get to think about um what it would be like to have like these more narrow roads that are just designed for people and how uh living in that kind of situation could actually uh increase the quality of your life and maybe that is actually uh, what you would like um and also uh you're talking about like poorer countries i remember my experience in cuba i, I was actually there twice I have stayed in the locals' houses and have also interacted with uh, some of the communities there in these two trips. And one thing that you really appreciate in Cuba, um, in Cuba, like not even just appreciate what you have back home, but one thing that you could really appreciate and kind of learn from there is that they really make do with what they have in the sense of like, you know, they'll have all these uh, uh, old uh, cars They'll have, then they'll have these Soviet cars, and then they'll have these uh, newer Chinese cars, and they don't get like new parts. 
they'll, they'll somehow make different cars from different countries from different uh, time periods work. Like something's broke, they'll find a way to fix it somehow. If, uh, if mm-hmm. yeah, very, very resourceful. resourceful. If a base mm-hmm. string uh, breaks, maybe they'll use a fishing wire. Like, like they'll find ways to, uh, you know, deal with the situation that they're in. I mean, a lot of that has to do with the U.S. embargo and all that, you know. But, you know, uh, so they can't really mm-hmm. get things just because, you know, politically the U.S. and all, all the power. Um, and other thing is they can't really produce a lot of the things themselves because they are only an island country in the Caribbean. So there are a lot of limitations because of both of these reasons. But you really appreciate how resourceful uh, people are and how uh, willing they are to try and find creative ways to solve their problems and also to just find joy in the situation that they're in when most of the outside world could look mm-hmm. in and be like, you know, that you really don't have much. And it really made me mm-hmm. not only appreciate what I have back home, but also made me realize that, um, you know, if I were to live here, seeing people who could live here and be happy, you know, I could put myself in this situation. I imagine uh, how I would react. And it made me truly realize that, like, I don't actually need all these things. Uh, and even in a very basic living condition, you could still be fulfilled. You could still find joy. You could still, you know, live a very fulfilling life. You just need to kind of see it from a different perspective and see other people doing that for you to perhaps realize it. And knowing that you are not living in that kind of most basic condition, you actually appreciate the way you live even more. So you kind of get both sides of it. And I feel like that kind of experience is very unique and also it really kind of uh grow your mindset and really broadens your perspective just because it's so uh so unique mm-hmm. 100% um, yeah 100% I agree yeah and like I remember anytime like for example I think when I was in Mexico for a while or in the Dominican Republic one thing that Every time I go to like those countries that I kind of take for granted here in Canada, it's like, you can just get water right out of the tap. That's it's insane. There's so many places around the world that can't even do that. Yeah. It's one of the most yeah. basic things that we just everyone just has here in Canada. And like people in the states, they lose their minds in like Flint when they didn't yeah. have the drinking water, you know. But for a lot of places, that's just reality. I, I don't think the drinking quality is as bad as Flint because I think Flint's water supply is just messed. Um, but the point still stands in a lot of places, just the most basic stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not there. It really makes you appreciate the really basic stuff. And it makes you realize that like, hey, a lot of these luxuries that, you know, we don't see as luxuries, we're actually really yeah. well off here in yeah. Canada. And they are actually luxuries. Or just in general. It makes you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Like a dish dishwashers, uh, drying machines, you know, all that stuff, like so much of the world doesn't have access to that it's i mean even yeah and even like uh well let me let me say this first thought like even in the states when i went down to anaheim to la the drinking water quality from the tap like i i wouldn't do it it's just so much worse than here uh, in uh, canada especially bc the water in bc and vancouver area is amazing um, so even like yes, in other well-developed countries, like, um, you still get these, you notice these little differences and you could even from that really appreciate it. Is that, 
is that like mm-hmm. is that based off of like the the numbers like have you seen the numbers for because a lot of it is probably just how familiar you are with the water too you know like i'm sure if you've grown up in a lot of those places if the drinking water is drinkable you might find our water unpalatable yeah yeah you know maybe i, I, I don't know I, I didn't like it and, that might and be i some, actually that might looked be it up and a lot of people didn't seem to like the the water from that area including some locals so okay, well, your go. point might be true but in this case i don't think it applies uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I also wanted to bring up, yeah. um, you're talking about like, uh, um, you know, dishwashers and like, you know, uh, drying, like, you know, uh, clo- you know, tr- clothes dryers, yeah, wanna, washing machines. like washing machines, yeah, yeah. a lot of places have, but like the actual dryer, not, oh, not, not as much. Me, dude. I got to put some clothes <laughs> I got to. I got to put some clothes uh, in the dryer okay. after this. Yeah, but yeah, what I was going to say is that like in Italy, one thing that the small thing is that like they don't really use uh, dishwashers. You know, they wash it and they put it in a um, um, well, a shelf or cupboard above the sink that has the bottom open. So you have like a dish rack that's built into it. Oh, So it'll, it'll just, the water will just mm-hmm. drip from there down into the sink. Right, no so they just wash it like that, and they'll dry their dishes like that. In many places in the world, even places where you know they could ha- uh, have dryers, uh, they don't. They just air dry it. You know, they hang out just because you know the culture part is different. So you kind of notice these aspects mm-hmm. as well. And some of the most basic things that you do, people do it differently. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Man, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a drying rack built into a cupboard. Yeah. That's pretty neat. And just drips right smart. down into the sink. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, that like the convenience <laughs> of the uh, of the dishwashing yeah. machine. So I don't know if I could do that. I you can't know, co-sign you know, on that one. Loving I can't Canada, I, I've one. never used a uh, dishwasher at home. I've always washed them by hand. Yep. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? I remember. Yes, every time I'm at anytime I'm at your place, I've got the dishes there, yep. nice and clean. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, yeah. I think coming from around, you know, similar background, like I do agree. Yeah. Yes, I've never used yeah. a dish. <laughs> nah. Do you guys have like, one? Yeah, we have one here, but yeah. Like, yeah. <gasps> but I just don't use it. Dude, you guys have one. Did you just put the <laughs> you just put the dish in the dishwasher and you forget about it until you said it? Dude, yeah, you just you just wash it after every every it's, meal. It's more water efficient. <laughs> At least that's what the uh, this that's what the commercials. companies. Yeah, yeah, that's what the commercials yeah. tell me. Because do you know how yeah. much water you, you spend washing the dishes <laughs> by hand? Way more apparently. I don't know. I find that hard to believe. Be that's crazy. With the, <laughs> get better, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I think it might also be a sanitation thing because it gets really hot inside those dishwashers. Like, you know, you're washing up a hand. You're not going to scorch your own hand doing it. So, I mean, I, I think that's a little thing. That's not a big deal. But I personally, you could cook a steak inside a dishwasher, wow. my guy. It gets really hot yeah. in there. Damn. That's going to sanitize some stuff. That's going to sanitize uh, it. Yeah. So, even, even if there's a little food particle that it missed or whatever, brush that off. Confident there's no bacteria on that. No chance. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I just, it just feels yeah, extra. Uh, you know? It is a cultural thing. Like uh, in, in recent years, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, dishwashers are definitely more and more popular. 
and a lot more people use it. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's it's more of a recent thing. As someone who, uh, I mean, even a lot of people in China, they haven't really bought into it either. You know, just you get used to a way of doing things, and you kind of stick with it. Um, it's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. If you if you've been like washing your dishes your whole life. Like, why would you spend so much money on a washing machine? Or why would you spend money on, like, the little pods or whatever if you don't have to? I mean, it makes no sense if you already have this one. I don't know what you guys are smoking. What on earth? You guys already have a machine right there. Oh, my goodness. That's madness. Madness. No. I don't know. It's, I'm just not used like, to it. How many like... dishes do you guys have at home? Do you guys have to clean them, like, all the time? Because I got, we got tons it's... of dishes, so... We can well, go like a day or two without washing them, and we'll still have well, clean plates. Well, it's um, yeah, like we we have um as minimum amount as possible, like maybe like two, three, you know, like items for each person. Um, but usually it's like after every meal, after like every time we use, you know, a plate or a bowl or you know, it's like spoon chopsticks, um we always wash it so it's i guess yeah. it's just always there yeah. you know we don't That's really true. need it's like when you go camping things i mean yeah yeah i mean i'm thinking yeah, yeah okay that's a little yeah when you go camping because you don't have a dishwasher dude. you don't have a dishwasher when you go camping yeah man but i'm thinking about it like yeah like how many forks do you guys have in your house i don't know i have like four i mean five? i have uh i, I live alone dude. so i have a set of four yeah. yeah, 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 that's a little different. You know, you can only get them in set, really, unless you want to buy them yeah. one by one for some reason. I'm pretty sure I've never counted, but I think I have. I think we have a lot more than four. <laughs> and like, I mean, I live in a household of four, yeah. so um, having only four would be a little rough. But regardless, I think the ratio. I don't know if we have sixteen, which would be four. I mean, you also you with chopsticks in our culture. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. Well, you can't eat everything with uh, yeah. with chopsticks. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, okay, if you try hard enough, you can eat just you don't really use a fork that much. But, but uh, you can mm. you can use steak when you're eating steak. Some people do, on, you know. Man. Some okay, people do. Well, you just need a knife yeah. to cut it, and then okay, you just pick it up. It's not that hard. <laughs> Dude, I remember Jun Ru. Anytime I'd be eating with Jun Ru, was uh, yeah. a buddy of mine from high school. Um, he was from China. And anytime we go eat sushi or whatever, I mean, it only happened once or twice, man. He'd always flex on me. He'd get like a chopstick and he'd pick up like the heaviest object on the table, just hold it in front of me. And I'll be like, I, I can't do that, man. I can't, I can barely pick up my own food. <laughs> so good. What yeah, he's up to? I know he's in the States. So, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. He's in Berkeley. Oh, yeah. Damn. He got him in Berkeley, man. Crazy. Damn. Smart cookie, that guy. Smart cookie. Yeah. Holy. Yeah. I wonder if he uses this Probably not. <laughs> <It died. laughs> yeah. Did you use a dishwasher in Spain? I can't remember, man. I wasn't gonna. Di- I don't think so. I'm pretty sure the the host of the sponsors. I mean, it was an older house, so I'm assuming it was also like an older couple. So I'm assuming it was probably they probably yeah, just like, like a lot, a lot of probably. places like they they just don't yeah. use dishwashers. Like it's it's really just not as yeah. popular as you might think it is. 
Yeah. That's yeah. crazy to me. No, I get, I get, I 100% see why, but dude, no, like, way, like the no thing chance. is, we, we wouldn't get a no dishwasher. A lot of people wouldn't get it. But like when you like get a place here, it's just like, a, a like when you get a get place, house, it, yeah. it comes with one. So you just kind of start using it? Like, yeah, no. Nah. But for a reason. <laughs> what? Yeah. You're not just going to start using it because it's there. <laughs> what? Yeah. It's not like you purposely got one to use. It's just like it's I having mean, to be there. You're not going to change your habit just because yeah. it's there. <laughs> but it's, I don't know. I just think it's You're so getting out of your way. You know? Breaking a long time habit to do something mm-hmm. just because it's there. You know, like it doesn't really. But the time it takes way less time to use the dish dishwasher if you look at it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it'll take it longer for all the place to be clean, but you pop it in there, <laughs> you leave. You come back, you can just rinse, repeat until you're out of plates or you're running low on plates, or the dishwasher gets full. And then all you do, boom, you pop some. Um, I guess I don't know what they're called, detergent or something like that, okay. dish cleaner or whatever. You pop some in there. Close it up, set the timer, go to bed for the night, wake up, unload the dishwasher. In the nah, morning, it's useful. It. That's why they exist. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but like, you know, some yeah. people just yeah, don't yeah. use it. It also, it also depends on like the amount of dishes you're doing. You know, and the sponges, dude, the sponges, the kitchen, you do. Did you guys ever watch happened? Mythbusters, why? dude? No. You know, the bacteria that chills out of those kitchen sponges, my guy. I'm pretty sure the kitchen sponge is more bacteria than a toilet seat. And no, dude, I believe you. Up, man. I'm I believe you. That dude, sounds right. Dude, yeah. dude, dude, I'm telling you, my guy. I'm telling you, this Russia hey, is man. the play, dude. Yeah, God, I don't know. the immune system, bro. <laughs> yeah. Strong stomachs, bro. Hey, man, that's what yeah. dirt is for. Yeah? Yeah, dude. Just got to eat some grass, bro. Yes, sir, dude. Mm. Yes, sir. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting how different cultures, you know, kind of like, and like how people stick and mm-hmm. um, keep their cultures too, you know, certain things from their cultures, you know, whether it be like habits or like, you know, items yeah. or traditions. Think, yeah. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. I think you, you guys should probably assimilate <laughs> your dishwashing techniques. That's what I'm going to say. No, man, I'll just move somewhere where they don't use it. <laughs> <laughs> can't get to me no. can't get me that <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true that's true I wonder you know, if some places definitely have it but yeah. yeah oh for sure older places definitely don't yeah so mm-hmm. I think you have the option yeah um now uh, and honestly there are just so many different cultural differences and when you actually have traveled and when you do think about it and look at it you definitely notice a lot of them and I'm sure we could just be here all day talking about all the differences and maybe, maybe we'll do another episode on this and talk about all the other oh, interesting yeah. ones. Um, that there, there are really mm-hmm. just so many, uh, but you know, we talked a lot about this and I feel like maybe we should go to our ending segment, but a special edition where we talk about the highlights from the trips we've gone on. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Highlights. Oh, man. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? Uh, I have to think. Nah, this is probably the highlight, man. When I got ripped off in Morocco, that was some next level stuff. I could not believe it. I was so sad. Oh, no. I'll go for a shorter one because I feel like the Moroccan would be a longer one. 
and I can't really do it justice in like an ending segment. But the sword that I bought myself there for my okay, oh my god, <laughs> goodness gracious! So in the south of Spain, there's still you can still kind of see a lot of the um, yeah. influence from back when Spain was under Moorish control when. Uh, yeah, it was a uh, like and you know, Andalusia region. Conquest. Yeah, 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 Andalusia, and I think this was in Cordoba. I mean, I can't remember, but it was a city that was kind of well known for the shorts. But I mean, this is just a tiny little shop. It wasn't like a blacksmith shop or anything. Just a little touristy shop, and Dude. they had these little swords for sale, right? And it was around my birthday, and I've all I had always wanted like an actual real sword, real sword, okay, real sword. Uh, it wasn't sharpened, and I'm like, you know what? I'll take my chances. I'm gonna buy this for like a hundred euros. But there was a whole bunch of options, and I'm looking at these. You got some cool daggers that look more like Moorish. You got some other more traditional, like European style stuff. And I'm like, wow, it's pretty neat. And I saw one and it had this text on it. And I'm like, wow, Arabic text on it, dude. That's so dope. Uh, let me get this one, man. It's got, it, it was shiny. It was the most polished one there. I have no clue what the Arabic text said, but let me buy it, man. And the handle was all cool. You know what? Let me go get it. Here, B. Hold on, hold on. One second, right. two seconds. Uh, and as we wait for him to come back, uh, a little bit of history about the Andalusia region. So basically, I think it was maybe, wow, I don't, I don't quite remember. Probably like eight hundred ish. The, the Muslims from Moors, the North Africans, they took over the region, and that basically lasted until fourteen ninety two, the Reconquista. Uh, finally, kicking them out of um, Granada was the last city they were they occupied, I believe. And he's back. He's gonna show us the sword. Okay, so I get it. I'm super hyped. I've always wanted a sword. You know, it had just been my birthday because I was in Spain for my birthday. Uh, it just so happened that the trip was uh, during my birthday as well. And I'm like, ah, I treat myself. Let's go. I'm so hyped. I buy it. I get it all wrapped up. And we're about to hop on the bus so we can head back to Cadiz. And I'm like, oh, let me open it up, show it to my pal, um, Justin, right? One of the dudes from my school who was staying with us, uh, with the sponsors, right? And he said, oh, cool. I didn't know you like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> I didn't realize it until after I bought it. This is this is a fucking sting replica or whatever, dude. From the, this is fucking uh, Bilbo Baggins or what the fuck? And, and what language? What language is the I writing in? <laughs> I think it's, I think it's an Elven, dude. That's not Arabic. <laughs> like, I should have known better, dude. I, like what the uh... fuck? <laughs> Unbelievable. Like what? What? What was I smoking? <laughs> <laughs> so as soon as he said that, my heart sank. I'm like, oh, I, bought a, I bought a Lord of the Rings sword, dude. Oh, oh man. Unbelievable. Oh, no. Unbelievable. <laughs> Bro. Yeah. It's unsharpened, though, so it's really just a no, fancy heck? piece of steel. So uh, if uh, Justin Trudeau, you're watching, don't send me don't send a swap to me. Yeah, he's, uh, he's secretly a regular of our show. <laughs> Obviously. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, dude. What else Governor you country, do? what? Uh, nah. Uh, dude. Crazy how you got that sword back. To be honest, how, how you went through uh, security and all that. 
Yeah, no, I don't know how they didn't pick up on it, but I was on the plane and one of the teachers, they, they, yeah. they knew that I was bringing it with me, right? But it wasn't sharpened, I guess, so they're kind of chill. But I remember on the declaration form, I, this is like my first time I ever had to do it for myself, right? I'm like, uh, <laughs> you declare that I have a weapon or not? <laughs> he said, no, don't declare it. Don't it's, not, it's not a weapon. It's not sharpened. It's not a weapon technically, okay? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, yeah, no. So uh, that's some good advice on his part. Um, Very good advice on his part. But uh, nope, nobody asked questions. Yeah. All in all, the most confused person was probably just me. Like, wow, how could I not see this coming? Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, I've got yeah. Uh, I've got some funny story like Damn. that from trips as well, but I wouldn't really say that they're my highlights. Uh, the most memorable experiences from these um, trips I've been on, I could think of two in particular. And one of them is being on top of a uh, apartment building uh, during the evening. We were sitting on top in Paris and we were watching the Eiffel Tower just, you know, in distance, not that far away. Uh, sparkling because that's what it does it lights up and and it sparkles so uh the mm -hmm. sky was just about to get really dark it was right towards the end of a uh, sunset and we're on top of a parisian apartment building and just watching the eiffel tower light up and just sparkle like that and it was honestly like just magical and uh honestly yeah very memorable and the other um experience that i would say probably i felt even more um i don't know i felt it just touched me even more it was also uh similar in the sense of like um as more of a scenery kind of thing and just being being present in a very special moment and that is when uh i went to florence firenze and i was you know, we were having dinner there and after dinner, we're just going to chill a little bit and then just take the train and go back to the other Tuscan city that we were staying in Arezzo. But uh, one of my friends, Julia, she really wanted to go to um, uh, Piazzale, uh, what? Piazzale Michelangelo. And it's a little bit away and, uh, you know, um, but... And, you know, uh, a couple of people there, um, our TAs were our friends and they were actually with us. Um, you know, they didn't really want to go. They didn't really want to rush things. They just kind of wanted to, you know, chill a little bit and then just take the train back. And, um, well, I was, I always like using Google Maps and really just figuring things out and try to, you know, know the place, know where I'm going, know where all the best spots are, that kind of thing. And they're just thinking, you know, huh. I think we could really, we could make it a very good chance of making it there, enjoying ourselves a little bit and then make it back and take the train home. Right. So I was like, okay, you know what? Uh, I think we could do it. Let, let's go. Let's go. If we leave now, I think uh, it'll be nice. And then a couple of, uh, a couple of other guys, they joined us as well. Uh, Matt and Josh, shout out to them. Uh, and yeah, we just went, we had to cross the bridge over the Arno which is the river in Florence. Then we climbed up the hill because it's, uh, you, you know, you're going to the top on the other side so you could get a really nice view, right? So we went there. There were a lot of people there. There were music playing. And then when it was, uh, you know, after, I don't know, a few minutes, we got there just in time. The sun was setting. And we were just there on top um, in 
Piazzale Michelangelo, and we're looking at the scene. We could see, you know, we could see uh, Arno, you know, the river. We could see um, ah, the bridge. What's it called? Uh, Ponte Vecchio, <laughs> old bridge, technically, if you were to translate it, but that's what it means. But it, it's a it's a really cool bridge over there, a very famous um, site. Um, known for its special and unique architecture where it has kind of, you know, um, multiple story buildings on like, uh, on like both sides of it. So it's like a street in the middle and that kind of thing. So it's almost like a normal street, but it's a bridge. Uh, yeah. And it's pretty old, obviously. <laughs> and also, uh, on top of that, you could mm -hmm. see the Arno, you could see the sunset in the background. You could see the bridge over there and right in the middle of it, you could see, um, um, well, the dome, a Duomo. If you ever played Assassin's Creed, you know, you'll know, you'll know that, you'll know, th yeah, yes, sir. you'll Assassin's know Creed that, too. uh, that cathedral we're talking about, uh, very famous, one of the most famous cathedrals in the world and one of the most famous in video games as well. So yeah, just being able to see all of those buildings, all of those sites together uh, with the sunset in the background, just watching on top, feeling the energy of the people around you. And, you know, taking some nice photos there, that was just so magical and a huge highlight of that trip and of all of the trips I've been on. What about you, Raymond? Damn. Um, yeah. Um, I, don't I think uh, this, like a, like a big highlight for one of my trips back to China is... Um, is when we went to to like this neighboring city um but then from that city we kind of drove off into um a little bit more of the yeah. rural uh type of place or a little bit more suburban type of areas and um at first i didn't know what was going on but then i realized like we're we're going to um to a mountain um I guess like we we were going to a mountain and and we were gonna walk all the way up this mountain <laughs> and I I didn't sign up for it at first so I was like what <laughs> I I didn't want to do this <laughs> like bro it's like forty degrees out like you expect oh, me to climb all the way up a mountain spend like half my day doing it and then what <laughs> you know so I was like okay fine <laughs> I'll, I'll do it you know like like you know what might as well since i'm already here you know um might as well experience what it's like so um and like it wasn't like like we didn't have to like climb up a mountain like they had these walkways that goes like all around up the mountain basically and like kind of like um course like crew. almost yeah yeah like yeah. a course crew type beat so and like I spent, I think, around two to three hours, you know, going up. And then I, I looked, you know, out towards, like, the city areas. And it was just, you know, they, they were kind of, like, overshadowed by clouds. And it, it was it was really beautiful. Um, and everything was so bright, you know, like, it was, the sun was still, like, shining and stuff. And then I was like, damn, like, I'm pretty glad I, you know, I'm, I'm climbing it. And I realized, like, I'm only halfway through. So <laughs> I was like, wait. So, like, um, and then I, you know, 
And as we we kept going up and up and up, and finally, you know, at the top, like you, you get to see the whole thing. It was, it was, mm. it was, you know, Magical. it was pretty amazing. It was pretty, yeah. you know, yeah, man. It was, it was something like you see. I guess in like shows or movies, you know, like, like following like the main characters, you know, journey through like, you know, whatever, whatever. And like just seeing just, I don't know, just being so up high and like seeing everything, like the cities and everything, you know, like when you, when you're on a plane, yeah, you look yeah. down, it's like, damn, you know, like it's, you know, I see a lot, but it wasn't like that because I wasn't on a plane, you know, I was you know, I was on a mountain. It was just, it really put things into my perspective on like how, you know, how, yeah. how big the cities are. And like, I guess compared to me and, you know, like, you know, like yeah. seeing like comparing myself to the world, um, mm -hmm. it kind of made me compare myself. And it was, I don't know, like it was, it's hard to describe, but it was, it was, pretty like yeah. you know like yeah. lorenzo says you know eye-opening it was pretty sick so i think that was one of my highlights yeah. um yeah and the gyms yeah john has <laughs> gyms too that's that's also nice, another highlight yeah. but yeah so like, we're traveling like you get all yes, these really sir. cool and memorable moments yeah. so even like uh you know, mm -hmm. actively finding uh, learning opportunities and experiences that uh, that really open your eyes and broaden your perspective. Just you know, act traveling and uh, being in the moment mm -hmm. and really enjoying your time there and just uh, trying these new things and just doing these things. You'll find these magical moments, and maybe you'll subconsciously or accidentally learn something new, or uh, you know, have these kind of moments where you do these comparisons and you do think about these things that you're noticing, and you know, even just subconsciously from those those moments, you'll learn something and you'll really, really develop appreciation of the the trip you're on and also kind of your your life as a whole you know so yeah just to kind of wrap it up mm -hmm. um traveling just one of the best ways you could spend your money eh? <laughs> yeah yes sir yeah yes, if, you sir. Can, uh, if you have the option to i mean it's definitely yeah. something you should consider very very strongly yeah like opportunities like that are yeah. hard to come by like if you have the opportunity yeah. Think about yeah. it, you know, like you, don't take, you might yeah. really regret it. Don't take it for granted, you know, not everybody in the world. And mm -hmm. it's only been kind of recently where you average lay person can afford to realistically travel around the world without, you know, setting themselves back financially yeah. or yeah. professionally exactly. by a whole bunch. You know, it's not mm -hmm. the opportunity exactly. cost of traveling yeah. has never been lower, you know. Yeah. And if you're young, That's especially just remember, you could wait, you could mm -hmm. try all the other things, but you're only going to be in your 20s once. And traveling your 20s is just going to be very different than yes, any sir. other time of your life. So, yeah, just, just mm -hmm. kind of think about Even it in that 30s, way. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Never so mind. that's going to be it from us this week. Uh, thank you. Merci. Gracias. Grazie. Danke. Whatever language you speak from the world. And we'll see you next week for another episode. Ci vediamo. Peace out, guys. <laughs> Peace. See you later. <laughs>